From Valley Bible Church in Hercules, we have an A-B comparison we'll focus on today and tomorrow. Join us. Truth For Today is next. It's always good to get the contrast, the A-B comparison, to see the difference. That's exactly what takes place before us here today. Welcome to our broadcast. We're continuing our survey of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, now Californians. Childish Christians versus Serving Servants is the title of our message today. And over the next couple of broadcasts, we'll focus on the contrast and see what we as Christians are to be about. With this edition of Truth For Today, here's Pastor Phil Howard. 1 Corinthians 3, brothers, I could not address you as spiritual, but as worldly. That's a terrible translation right there. It ought to be fleshly. Uh, uh, King James used the word carnal, and all they did is borrow the Latin word carne for flesh, but the word really is fleshly. Uh, Are you not fleshly? Mere infants in Christ, and lest you miss it, that is not a compliment, what he just said. It's never used that way. Uh, Don't think of 1 Peter 2, you desire the sincere milk of the word like a babe. That's a complimentary analogy. But here, he's talking about their behavior. They're acting like they're in the nursery department. I gave you milk, not solid food. For you were not yet ready for it. I've just made comments. Uh, what he gave them was the gospel. And I think he might be playing some sarcasm here. You thought what I said was just elementary baby stuff. The cross is never just milk. His message of Christ crucified, the power of God, is not a milk truth. He doesn't divide that. Some folks say, well, we're really into the meat now. What does that mean? You're into prophecy? Friend, it doesn't get any deeper than the cross. How dare you call the cross milk? Now I'm over here and I figured out who the beast of revelation is. Well, the beast bothering most of you is who you're living with. So, uh, you know, uh, that's not the deeper truth. Not at all. Most of us never got it figured out. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed. You are still not ready. There's the problem. You are still fleshly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly, fleshly? Are you not acting like mere men? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not mere men? Are you not thinking and acting like mere natural men? What, after all, is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose, and each will be rewarded according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. 
You are God's field, God's building. I'm going to just stop there. I put to verse 15, but we'll pick that up. There's too much there. So uh, let's just kind of examine what he's saying here. Childish Christians versus servants of Christ. Childish Christianity. Let's see what's going on here. He's addressing the people. And I have to say, when I come now in the book of Corinthians, I feel like I'm coming from the Mount of Transfiguration, where I've been living at the foot of the cross, the power of the gospel. And now, even in my spirit, I find I'm going down in the quagmire of Christian problems. We're now moving to uh, dealing with people. You're in sexual sin. You're suing one another. You're in a party spirit. It's called pastoral problems. You want to preach the cross. You want to see people get saved. And if you work with people very long, you've got to deal with a bunch of childish acting Christians that have been saved long enough that they ought to be, you ought to have a hundred Bible teachers. And sometimes you just see people sucking their thumb all the time. Feed me, feed me, feed me. I think, when in the world will you be able to teach? When will you grow up? When will, you, when, when will all this place represent a house full of ministers, not a house full of babes? Babes in behavior, not newly saved. Well, uh, he's talking to a people that it's been reported. You're fussing. You're in a party spirit. I'm not making up the problems. I'm not a mad pastor or apostle. I just want to clean your clock. No, the reports come back to him. They've moved from the cross. They've moved from uh, Christ is what they're built on. They've moved to a party spirit. They've picked favorites. Apollos didn't start the party. Paul didn't start it. Uh, People that are acting carnal or fleshly created it. And the church is being split in two. They're having division. They're having spats. They're in church fighting. And so he's going to deal with it. Let's deal with the characteristics of childish Christians. What's their main characteristic? Uh, I think it's the word they act fleshly. And uh, when we look at this word, this is the word carnal. Uh, The NIV Bible always translates it sin nature, sin nature. And flesh equals that principle within human beings that is bent on sin. Galatians 5 says it's immoral. It's idolatrous acting. And I believe Galatians 5, 19 gives about 9 or 11 social problems. It's dissensions. It's envious. It's jealous. Uh, it, it likes to fight with people. It likes to get its own way. It, it is a contentious thing in our being. Now, when you get saved, uh, you don't get rid of this principle. I wish you did. Uh, But it remains in you for life. But what Romans 6 says is that it is not to reign over you anymore, that you become Christ's instrument, and you have the Holy Spirit, the only power that can really reign it in. And so he's talking to people that are claiming, we're spiritual. We're spiritual, but I'm of Apollos. And I'm resisting you, Paul, and I'm of this party, and I am into division, but boy, we're deep in the Lord. We're spiritual people. And Paul is thinking, oh, I only wish you were. What characterizes this behavior is the flesh, not the spirit. 
And he's talking to them as brothers. He, he gives them credit for being saved. This is what's scary, is when the saved act like the folks who don't have the Spirit. When their church meetings are no better than a union hall meeting. Uh, they love to vote. I noticed this. They love to vote. They love congregational meetings where they could speak their mind and just tell you how the church ought to be run. And it's not worth uh, writing it on the paper. And that's why God says leadership in a church ought to be pick the most mature, godly men you know and entrust them to lead. We don't need the opinion of everybody. You see, uh, I tell them, our board, I've been doing it for 30 years. Uh, the Constitution I'm bound to is right here. I've got all the bylaws I can keep up with right there. Keeping up with this. Obey. Do the Word of God. We don't need another motion. We need to carry out the motion. Do what he said. I would get Babby here to sing it. Carry out the motion. He's already told us what to do. But they were acting carnal. We got three enemies in the Christian life. The world that's always appealing to us to turn our affections on it away from God. And this turns us into idolaters as we covet. Uh, and that's the appeal from without. Then we have Satan. He attacks. That's the attack from without. But your greatest enemy, if there was no devil, you'd have a handful of problems on you because you've got the sin principle within you. And out of your own heart comes wicked thoughts, come immoral living, jealousy, evil. If you just had a heart, you know what? We bind the devil for a thousand years, according to Revelation 20, and people still sin and they still rebel because you can get rid of the devil and you're still a rascal. And the only thing that can subdue your way of thinking and acting in a natural realm is to be living the life of the Spirit. Now, they claim to be in the Spirit. And he says, well, you're not doing the things the Spirit would have you do. You're doing things that come from the flesh. You're looking like natural men while claiming to be spiritual men. Get your act together. Repent. You're wrong. That's what he's saying to them. Uh, Something uh, about these people is their diet. Uh, they are basically, I think Paul's picking up that they're saying, Paul, you weren't deep enough for us. Uh, you know, uh, get, let's get on to the meat. And then he says, no, no, you've got to know when I first came to you, I just gave you the milk of the cross and the gospel and how you got saved. Now I hear you guys would like to really move on to steak. And really get into the, the, the real meat of the word. He says, but I look at you and you've never grown any teeth. You don't have any. You're all gumming it. What would you do with meat? You don't have the ability to mastigate the food in your mouth so you get ingested. Your problem isn't the depth of the word. It's your lack of comprehension of it. You don't even get the cross yet, or you wouldn't be dividing the church up into little spats. You wouldn't be breaking up what Christ bought. Be careful how you conduct yourself in a body bought at the price of Christ. You don't get to run it the way you want. You're under one Lord. This is His church, not yours. You're just privileged to be a member. Don't be telling Jesus how to have church. And don't be splitting up the church. Well, I'm after this guy. 
I'm after that guy. You're after neither because you're not after Christ. You see, the carnal believer is always about human personalities because he's taken his or her focus off of Christ. Then you become enamored with people. And it's the popularity contest. He said, you're, you've not grown any teeth. Matter of fact, you're not even potty trained. Your problem is you're still acting like kids and you want me to treat you like adults. That's a favorite line of my dad to us kids. If we do, do something misbehave, oh, you, know, you want the car keys. You want some money. And maybe if we didn't do something. And his great line to us, besides saying the soft spot in our head had never healed, he would also say, you want me to treat you like adults, but you want to keep acting like kids. And that's what he's dealing with these people. You're wanting greater information, more stuff, because you're posing to be super spiritual. I'm dealing with your heart problem. I've heard of the quarreling. I've heard of the house of ploy. And your problem is you've not grown since I've been. It's been five years now because he was there 18 months. Apollos followed up. He's over at Ephesus. He said, you've not grown since the last time. You've reverted. And uh, one of the great problems and heartbreaks of dealing with people is to see them uh, profess the faith and never progress, never grow. Uh, The writer of Hebrews deals with it in a way that by the time you ought to be teachers, you have need to be taught again. You know, the goal of discipleship isn't just to attend church every Sunday and keep hearing sermons. The goal is that you disciple others. The goal is you pass it on. You disciple all nations, not just your apostles, all of us, so that you're in the uh, propagating of it, not always having to be told over and over and over, or become a preacher worshiper or a sermon taster and never develop mature conduct, mature uh, adult, grow up, grow up, so that God can use you To help the others get out of the infant department, you baby. It's that line I I heard years ago. Some people are so old in God that you have to part their whiskers to give them a bottle. Well, you you want to get out of the infant department. Uh, Have you grown up? How long have you been saved? How many Bible studies do you lead? Well, I don't have the gift of teaching. Do you have the gift of knowing? Have you learned it? And so Paul is taking on his opponents here that are trying to tell him what spiritual, because they're all into gifts. They claim to be super spiritual folks. At the same time, they're splitting the church into divisions and a party spirit. So he says, you're having problems because your behavior is carnal, comes from the flesh. Matter of fact, you're acting more like mere men than spiritual men. And he just said, Natural men don't have the spirit. I believe you've got the spirit, but you're not acting like you've got it. Have you ever done that? Have you ever got where you were acting like you weren't in the spirit? You were jealous, envious, telling people off, giving way, giving uh, bits of your mind you couldn't easily afford to give away. You better keep all you got. Uh, and, And just a divisive. Uh, wherever you go, there's conflict and tension because you walk after the flesh when you deal with people. 
That's why real maturity, if you got saved and we could fly you to a private island and just leave you there for 10 years, you would not come out a mature believer. You come out an untested believer. You've got to have some other people you submit to, rub, forbear with, forgive. It takes a body to help produce maturity. It's not just put me out on an island, put an IV of a, of a New American Standard Bible into my veins, and I will grow up to be mature. No, you won't. You'll grow up to be arrogant, but you won't be mature. Because knowledge alone makes you arrogant. Whose feet have you washed? Who have you forgiven? Who have you shown forbearance? Who, where, where do you give in? Where do you show sweet reasonableness? Christianity is a family faith. It's a, we're sheep. We're not raccoons. We travel together. We travel together. We're not lone rangers. We're a body. And the more isolated I see a person, and the person who never can find fellowship, I say, what's your problem? Are you friendly? Are you giving? Or are you always judging the saints on what they do to you? Why don't you learn what John F. Kennedy said? Quit asking what this church can do for you. Why don't you ask what you can do for it? What are you going to do in the body? Quit asking what we... We don't owe you anything. Don't, don't be asking the question, do we love you? We may not. We may be as carnal as you. You've got to always bring them back. Who am I loving? It's not whether I'm loved. It's whether I love. Will you love? Because you're walking in the Spirit. You can't keep from loving when you're controlled by the Spirit. But don't start judging others where they're loving. This might be their carnal day. Let them enjoy it for one day. Get over it. See, this state here of carnal is not the carnal Christian that I grew up with. That it's a state. It's two kinds of Christians. The spiritual and the carnal. No, they're acting out of keeping with the Spirit. They're to get over it. They're being rebuked. It's sin. And he says in Galatians, you can be immoral as a believer, but he said, he who practices this and it's their way of life shall not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Any of those works of the flesh, if that's the way you are, you're not saved. You can act that way when you sin, but you better get right. It's not a way of life. You can be irritable. You can have your short moments. You can be critical. You can this. But if that is what you are, then I would ask, am I saved? Because the Spirit is showing no evidence of it in you. Because He changes our temperament and changes the way we interpret facts and people, doesn't He? People don't all of a sudden become perfect because you got saved. God just makes you start loving. And you quit picking on what's wrong with them. And what does He do? Uh... He says, uh, here's the proof. I know that you're not walking in the Spirit because you're jealous. Uh, you're, you're quarreling. Uh, isn't this from the flesh? Um, matter, matter of fact, are you not acting like mere men? Mere men. This is the way natural men act. And for when one says, and I've heard this, I told you this in chapter 1, I'm a Paul, and of course they said I was a Cephas, but they're, the two that are really being compared, Apollos followed Paul, and so they're always comparing. That's the two parties that he's really playing off of. Now he's going to go into a description of 
what we are in contrast to what you are. You're into a party spirit, into jealousy, and over here claiming to be adults, but still laying down on the floor and kicking and screaming and throwing a fit as a carnal acting Christian. He said, let me tell you what Apollos really is and what I am. And he begins a discussion of being a servant of God. Servanthood will always take you out of the category of being carnal. Because carnal people are always living for themselves. Listen to what he says. What after all is Apollos? And what in the world is Paul? Only servants. Only servants. You can't get a higher office in the church than Paul had. No apostles in this place. He was an apostle. Wrote more of the books of the New Testament than any other man. This is our highest officer in the church as far as gifts are concerned. But he said, really all that I am when you boil me down is I'm a servant. And I want to give you a little uh, word, a handle. It had two words for servant. One was I'm a slave. I'm owned by God. It was doulos. This word is diagonos. We get our word deacon. You see, the word deacon was never a political uh, board. It was the fellowship of the yoke. It was the fellowship of men in the church who publicly said, we offer ourselves to serve and do whatever it takes to see this ministry happen. We're servants. And, and that's what a true deacon is. You could be in the office of one. You could be a Sunday school teacher, usher. You can do a hundred other things in the church, and come under this word. Listen to some things about it. What did the word literally mean? It meant to, uh, literally, to stir up dust doing something. It wasn't uh, Rip Van Winkle, well, we ought to do. No, this person stirred up dust doing it. It was used of waiting on tables, just a table waiter. A very ordinary... And it came to be used of to care for, to serve. But, listen, I quote to you from Kittle's lexicon. It says this, To the Greeks, service is undignified. We are born to rule, not to serve. Service acquires value only when it promotes individual development or the development of the whole as service to the state. The highest good in Greek philosophy and thinking was the development of the human personality. I am the most important. Find me. Self-discovery, self-esteem, self... It's about me. It's not about service. That's beneath me. Beyer in Kittle says, In Greek eyes, service is not very dignified. Ruling and not service is proper to a man. The formula of the sophists, the wise men, how can a man be happy when he has to serve someone? That's the way the Greek philosophers thought. And now Paul goes right against these wiseacres at Corinth. He said, by the way, we're not like the Greek philosophers who disdain service. By the way, that's exactly what we are. We are servants. We're not prima donnas. We're not lords, and we're not stars. 
We're servants. Truth for today, that we might live in truth tomorrow. Thank you for joining us. Our teacher and pastor has been Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. And on today's broadcast of Truth for Today, we've spent time here in God's Word that we might grow in His grace. If you'd like to review today's message, copies are available on CD for just $5. Mention today's date when you call 510-799-3171. 510-799-3171. You're welcome to visit our website. We have resource materials there at our online store, as well as information about us, who we are, what we believe, worship opportunities, and events here at the church valleybible.org is the website. Again, valleybible.org. And would you drop us an email? Let us know you paid us a visit. That would mean a great deal to us. Also, it encourages us when you call or write to us and let us know how the program encourages you in your walk and relationship with Christ. Please don't take for granted for a moment the significance of correspondence with us. It really does matter, and it really does make a difference when you contact us and let us know how the program encourages you. Questions, comments, prayer requests, we'd love to hear from you. Our desire is for you to grow in Christ, that we might be mutually encouraged in his grace. So again, the phone number is 510-799-3171. That's 510-799-3171. And the web address is valleybible.org. Sunday services, by the way, if you'd like to join us, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. We're just off Highway 4, the church with the three crosses on the hill, about a quarter of a mile from the Highway 4 I-80 junction. You can't miss us. Directions can be had when you call us, again, 510-799-3171, or by visiting our website, valleybible.org. We thank you for joining us today, and until next time, God bless. God bless.